morning. Take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, I was reminded of Romania, our, t- our time there. We spent a lot of years going back and forth to international missions. It's advantageous of us as believers to do that for all kinds of reasons, but one of the thing, if you've never set into, into a three or four hour church service, you don't know what you're missing, because John chapter 6 is one teaching. I've broken it up into three sermons, but this really should have been one sermon, but we as Americans can't sit here that long. And, uh, but we're going to finish it up today. I don't, this is one theme of application as I end last week's message and overlap it into this one that has hit me. I was watching Focus on the Family. Actually, you can watch it on YouTube rather than just listen to it and actually see it. It was talking about the power of words, the, the, the power of the word of a father. The power of the absence of those words. The power of silence. It was a, a powerful time of two guys talking about the influence that fathers have. These are statistics that should get a, our attentions as fathers. 63% of youth suicides come from fatherless homes. 90% of homeless runaway kids are from fatherless homes. 85% of behavior disorders in kids are from fatherless homes. So fathers, never discount the impact that your words have on giving words of blessings and affirmation to our children. For we have been singing of how our father thinks of us today. One of the things it said that brings such safety and security that causes stability in children's lives is simply the presence of a father who will tell to my children, it does not matter what you do. I will never leave you nor stop loving you. And so make no mistake, our Jesus came down from earth and he was the only person who did not have a dysfunctional family to some degree. His father had already affirmed him. His father gave him both a message and a mission. And he was consumed by that. He brought that message to bear in John 6. And so I wanted us to hear that before we read the text. Because if we missed last week, you need to go back and read the whole context. But Jesus has presented himself as the bread of life. And people are beginning to respond. So stand with me at your feet. John chapter 6, we're going to read from verse 60 to 71. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe 
and who it was that would betray him. And he said, This is what I told you, that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil? And he spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. This is God's word. Pray with me. Lord, help us now, we pray, to hear the words of life and be forever changed by it. Lord, we can do nothing on our own. We cannot understand truth. We cannot apply truth. We cannot live the truth this week without the power of your Spirit. And so, God, we pray. Help us understand this morning how people are saved, how we are changed, and how we live for you this week is because of the essential work of the Spirit of God in your people. Proclaim your word. And so people are saved. Save people today. Through this word, your word, not my words. Humble us, we pray, under the mighty hand of God and His Word today. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we have said, Jesus is consumed by the will of His Father. If, if you missed that last week, you just need to go back and read it again. Just begin to read the whole book of John and notice how much Jesus is always talking about who sent him that he was sent, about what he was doing, even his authority, even his words, all come from the Father. Let's just review. Look at verse 40 of chapter 6. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son, believes in him, should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. The ultimate will is not our will, it is the Father's will. So it's not my opinion, brothers and sisters. This is Jesus' opinion. We get our cues off our king. The ultimate will is the Father's will. What, would, what did we learn last week? We learned that the Father gives a people to the Son. Verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. The Father gives. We also learned last week that the Son gives. Verse 51. I am the living bread that, come, that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I, will, that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Father gives the people to the Son. The Son gives His life for the people. The Father gives. The Son gives. And this morning I want us to see that the Holy Spirit gives life to a people. Verse 63, it is our primary text today. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. The Father gives. 
a people to the Son. The Son gives His life for the people, and the Holy Spirit gives life to the people. This is the Trinitarian work of redemption. There is, in the context of John 6, a universal call and promise. Look at verse 35. Jesus said to them, remember the context, he's speaking to those that had been following him, greater than just the twelve. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Look at verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will not cast out. Look at verse 56. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks of my blood abides in me and I in him. There is a universal call that comes out. Come, believe, abide. What's the promise? Eternal life. Everlasting life. To never, ever be cast away. Sobering reality as we enter into the message today is that we see the actual response in verse 60. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, It's hard. Who can listen to it? You know what they're saying there? We're going to explain this a little bit later. I can't believe he just said that. You ever had one of them moments? When a pastor says something that you say, I can't believe he said that, can I ask you something? Where do you go after that? What do you do with that? I would challenge you, don't take it to the dinner table, nor to social media. Take it to the book, brothers and sisters. He could have just heard truth. Hard. In other words, last week should have caused you to ask a question. How can man do what Jesus said he is unable to do? If a man must believe... But he doesn't want to believe what can be done. This is like a drug addict. You ever seen one that, that his whole body is withering away? It's being eaten alive and destroyed by drugs. They could have it cooked up in the syringe, ready to use, and you can come in with a plate of food, the best food money can buy, and you can place it beside that addict, and you can say, eat this and live what will he choose? The food that will sustain him or the drugs that will kill him? What will he choose? The drugs every day and twice on the weekend. You see, he is enslaved by a desire that is killing him. Sin enslaves, brothers and sisters. That's what it does. It doesn't enslave simply the mind. It corrupts and enslaves the nature. And so by doing controls us, this is what the gospel tells us this is why good news is good. Romans 6 tells us this in a positive way. Just going to read verse 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. Why? So that we would no longer be enslaved by sin. Romans speaks of sin as not just something that we do but something that enslaves us. Our problem is sin that leads to death. Our need is to find that which leads to life. So Jesus said in John chapter 6, I am the bread of life. Come to me. I will satisfy you forever. Simple 
point today. The Spirit of God must bring life through the imparted Word of God. The Spirit of God must bring life. And He brings it through the imparted Word of God. I want us this morning just simply to look at the core text for a few minutes. John 6, 63. And then we're going to ask the question about that response. The one we've already begun to see in verse 60. And we're going to see what the gospel does. We need reality, brothers, on the front end of the work of ministry here in Kings Mountain and in Cherubal and all across the world. And Jesus gives it to us here. And the first point we need to make sure we understand. It, it is the Spirit that must bring life. Verse 63 again. It is the Spirit who gives life. Listen to what it says. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to your spirit in life. And so, brothers and sisters, just a little hint here as you, because you come to a church and maybe you're listening, maybe you don't always listen to a preacher that preaches expositionally. I, as your pastor, have to trust the text, and so do you. I'm not teaching you everything about the work of the Holy Spirit because the exposition in John's point is to develop this understanding. And so what I'm going to do now is I just want us to go back to John 3. I want us to understand what he's already taught us about this, that spirit must give life. Remember the conversation with Nicodemus? What did he tell him right at the beginning? Look at verse 5 of John chapter 3. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. What is he saying to Nicodemus? Remember the word cannot? No ability. Unless you're born of the spirit, you have no ability to enter the kingdom of God. You're flesh, Nicodemus, and the flesh on its own because of sin cannot produce anything that is worth inheriting that which is eternal. You can't merit it, Nicodemus. You can't work for it. Inside of yourselves, there is no good thing, Romans 7, verse 18. It is the Spirit that must bring life. That's what he's teaching Nicodemus. You need something. I, he goes on to say, Nicodemus, I can't believe you know your Old Testament and don't understand this. The Spirit of God is there in Ephesians 2, when it says, And you were dead, but God made you alive. What is that happening right there? It's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God. The triune God bringing the work of redemption into the life of someone. It is the Spirit that must give life. This is nothing new, brothers and sisters. This is the Bible. Turn with me to Psalms 104. Psalms 104. We could well go to Genesis I think this grabs it. Psalms 104. Look at verse 29. Psalms 104, verse 29. When you hid your face, they, were dis they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. Verse 30. When you send forth your spirit, they are what? Created, and you renew the face of the ground. It is the Spirit of God that was hovering over when there was nothing. And they didn't have to have a meeting 
The Father willed creation, the Son spoke creation, and the Spirit brought creation to life. It is the Spirit that brings life in the first creation, and it is a Spirit that must bring life in the new creation. This is the way the Father works. Spirit gives life. Look at, if you still got John 3 marked, flip back over to John 3. Look at verse 34. Remember we had this John testimony, John the Baptist testimony keeps coming, came up and up in John. John 3, verse 34, listen to what's said here. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. And though the indwelling work of the Holy Spirit would not come till after Pentecost, the Spirit of God was present in the Word of God. And the Word of God became flesh and He dwelt among us. The Spirit of God must bring life, but, this is important, the Word of God is Spirit and life. The Word of God is Spirit. The Word of God is life. Look at verse 63 again. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. This is the question that last week should have created. How does the Spirit make us alive? How can one be saved when they don't desire to be saved? How can one be saved when they believe they can save themselves? How does that happen? It happens through the Word of God. Because here's what the text is teaching us. The Spirit comes with the Word. This is why we risk our life to go to other countries that don't have the Word. The Spirit of God comes with the Word. It is what the, it is what the Holy Spirit uses to pierce the hearts of those who do not believe. He uses the Word of God does not use my opinion, nor my emotion, nor my clever way that I can offer up false worship. He uses the truth. Notice the Spirit here is used as an adjective. Inside of ourselves, we don't have the ability to have spiritual understanding. We just want what we want. Remember that? We want what we want. There are people that are following Jesus up to this point in His ministry because they wanted what they wanted and they thought Jesus would give it to them. And they have a surprise ahead of them. He's saying, the Word comes and it brings spiritual understanding. It brings with it its effect. Life. Life. We're coming right back to what we learned last week. I hope you talked about it in your growth groups. The How do we internalize the gospel, the word of God? Jeremiah chapter 15. How would you like to have been a prophet in the Old Testament? <laughs> God give you a word. Most of them were fairly hard. Sometimes some rather hard or either embarrassing actions to go along with that message. Jeremiah 15, here's, listen to this. Look at verse 16. Jeremiah 15, verse 16. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy, 
and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. I am called by your name and I internalized your word. I took it in and it became to me the joy of my very heart. Brothers and sisters, this is the way it's always been. Turn with me to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 8. You'll know this passage as soon as you see it. It is one of the passages that Jesus quoted when he was in the wilderness temptation. Goes so well with the context of Pentecost going on right now in John chapter 6 and the, the children of Israel thinking about being delivered from slavery and being provided for by their Lord. In Deuteronomy 8 3 says this And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might make know that man does not live by bread alone but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. The word of God is life from beginning of creation to the time he tells the Lord go get my people. His word is life. So are we saying and when I speak the word, absolutely, every time, I have a guarantee here that the Spirit will always bring life. Can I give you that today? Hey, if you'll just pre present the gospel, the Holy Spirit gives you an absolute promise here that, that He will always bring life. No. <laughs> no, that's not reality, is it? It's not your experience if you've shared the gospel more than once. The Word of God brings both rejection and devotion. That's the honest truth this morning from God's Word. And the best teacher and evangelist and friend that ever walked the face of the earth. The Word of God brings both rejection and devotion. You see, the Word offends. The Word offends. Look at verse 60. Now let's put the meat, the response meat around the core text. Verse 60. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? Hard to think even bad around Jesus because he knows what you're thinking. But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Do you take offense? So what does it mean, hard sayings? They said, this is hard. Did they mean, do you understand what he's saying? I didn't get any of it. No, this is hard. Which we talk simple. No, that's not what you're saying. doesn't mean hard to understand. They understood. That's why they were offended. Jesus' words were unbearable. They were undesirable. Listen to Jeremiah 23. Just listen to it. It's not, it's not my words like fire, declares the Lord, like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. That's what it felt like. Who can accept it was like, I just can't believe what he just said. They were offended by what he said, not just how he said it. They were offended not because they didn't understand, because they understood it full well. 
They felt insulted. You ever had that happen? You ever been offended when someone didn't really mean to offend you? You were insulted and they didn't mean to insult you? We live in a culture this way, don't we? We live in the I'm offended culture. I'm offended because you believe in a personal God who loves me. I'm offended that you believe that. And we vent our frustrations, our offenses on social media and so disdain and pollute the name of Christ when we as Christians do it. I'm offended. Not because someone spoke truth to me, but precisely because they spoke truth to me. Brothers and sisters, you don't know whether you have a friend or not until that person speaks truth into your life. And you don't know whether you're a faithful friend until when you receive it or reject it. Friendship is people that will speak the truth and love to you even if it offends you. So Jesus loved people. But people love darkness rather than light. Jesus said, does this offend you? Notice he didn't apologize. <laughs> you don't apologize for truth. He didn't apologize. He said this. What if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? What do you mean by that? He could have meant this. What are you going to do with me after the resurrection? Are you going to be offended by that too? Are you going to be offended when I ascend to the Father? Are you going to be offended by that too? You see, the issue is not offense. The issue is belief and unbelief. Turn with me to 1 Peter. There's two passages, I think, in your notes. But Peter's the best one to go to because he's simply quoting Isaiah 8. 1 Peter chapter 2. Look at verse 7. So the honor is for you who believe... But for those who do not believe, quoting, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. The issue is not offense. The issue is unbelief. No person is born a believer no person is born loving authority. As soon as a baby gets old to act on it, they begin to show you that they hate your authority. Praise the Lord, they can't, they can't get a hold of a weapon and use it when they're two, right? God's Word sometimes brings life, but oftentimes it causes offense. And when we see this offense, here's what's going to happen. Oftentimes... The word is rejected. The word is rejected. Look at verse 64. There are some of you who do not believe. Imagine doing your ministry and knowing who believe and not believe. For he knew. See that in parentheses for the, for the audience that was original audience that was reading this text. For he knew from the beginning who did not believe and who it was betray him. Jesus always knew Judas was a Judas wasn't a surprise to him. Verse 65, he said to him, This is why I told you that no one has the ability, no one can come to me unless it's granted him by the Father. Verse 66, here's the rejection, the sobering. 
One of the most sobering passages in the Bible. And many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. We see the word. The Spirit comes with the word. From our perspective, as we call all people to believe, what we must see is faith meeting the word. Hebrews 4.2 says it this way, For the good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. In order for the word to be effective, it must be joined by faith. And faith is a work of the Holy Spirit. I don't do faith. I don't give other people faith. Verse 65, the Father gives again. Do you see it? What's the result? What's the result of hearing about the bread of life? Believe and you'll have life. Verse 66, they walked away. This is in your growth group material. I want you to talk about this today. Who was the greatest teacher who ever lived? Jesus, right? Not me. <laughs> and, and I could call on our teachers. Weren't you? That's not you either. You're not the greatest thing on the planet. Jesus was. Who was the best friend? Who was the best evangelist? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And yet, they walked away. They turned back. That means to go to a former location. Jesus is pointing towards one of the most sobering things you will ever see as a Christian. Someone who sees the truth and seems to respond to the truth, but turns away and walks away with full knowledge of the truth. That's called apostasy. And it is a scary thing. These people were following Him. And they walked away, and here's the truth. It's going to happen in your life if it hasn't happened already. Matter of fact, 1 John 2.19 tells us about this. It says this, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they are not all of us. You see, they understand the message but then they meet this girl. They meet this boy. The love of their life. And they simply want what they want. And it's not very comfortable. I don't know if you noticed this or not. It's not very comfortable to live in sin and have community with believers who are trying to labor for each other's holiness. So what do they do? I, I'm busy, Micah. Right? I'm busy. Just tired. Just not this week. Okay? Further and further away. Beware, brothers and sisters, because we all fall into that trap. And beware lest we turn our backs from the living God. Verse 70. Another sobering. Good news is coming, brothers and sisters. Hold on. Good news is coming. The word is powerful and living. It's coming. But this is just truth, brothers and sisters. Verse 70. Jesus answered them, the disciples, Did I not choose the twelve? 
and one of you is the devil. There was this surreal moment. Can you see it? When all these people were around, this moment of truth, this surreal moment, when the disciples looked around, there's nobody there. They've all walked away. Saul said, no. He's not going to say this. I don't, I'm not following it. He walked away. The most painful person that this will ever happen to you in your life is those who reject the gospel that you love the most. Jesus loved Judas. So Jesus knew exactly what Judas was going to do. He betrayed him with a kiss. And brothers and sisters, you will labor and work oftentimes with the gospel in people's life. And you will do all that you can with all that you have. And they will stick a knife in your back and they will walk away. This is what the truth of Scripture is teaching us, brothers and sisters. This is part of the cost of reflecting our Jesus and bringing the message of the gospel. The Spirit brings life through the Word, but sometimes the Word offends. and Sometimes people reject it. But listen, brothers and sisters, this is the good news today. When the Spirit brings life, the Word brings devotion. When the Spirit brings life, the Word brings devotion. Look at verse 67. We're right in the middle of this surreal moment. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? That's that moment, right? Everybody's looking around and there's nobody there. There's that awkward silence. And Jesus looked at his disciples and said, Are you going to leave too? Are you going to walk away too? Verse 68, love Peter. We all have a little bit of Peter in us, don't we? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. this is what the truth is doing to you right now here's what and listen Peter didn't have the benefit of the cross and the resurrection yet it hadn't happened but Peter looks around and says Jesus where are we going to go in other words what he was saying was what choice do I have if the choice is life or death should not I choose life you have the words of life you are the Messiah the Holy One of God. What choice do I have? What choice do we really have? Turn with me to, again to Deuteronomy. It's not in your notes. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. This is the promise that we are seeing in John come to pass. The promise that was told us. We'll talk more about that again next week. Deuteronomy 30, verse 6. Moses is about to pass the torch. Joshua. And the Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the heart of your offspring. Why? 
so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. It is this speech, this talk, down at verse 15. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in His ways and by keeping His commandments, statutes and His rules, then you shall live and multiply the Lord your God and bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of. Verse 17. But if your hearts turn away and you will not hear but are drawn away to worship other gods and to serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live in the land that you are going over to Jordan and enter and possess. Verse 19, I call on heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offsprings may live Loving the Lord your God, obeying His voice, holding fast to Him. For He is your life and length of days. That you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And to give, to give them. I remember standing on a porch of a guy that I cared deeply for. And he was about to make a choice that would ruin his life. And I said, I'm laid before you, Life. Choose life. He did not choose it. But for all who believe, God makes them children of God. So what today? How am I responding to the word? Is the word offending me? And if it does, because it will, it will. Is it producing rejection or devotion? Word of God demands a response. It, it brings ruin. No response is a response. The call today is to repent and believe in Jesus Christ in order to receive eternal life. This is the call. It was John's message. It was Jesus' message. It was Paul's message. It is our message. There is one hope. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Son of God came and lived a perfect life. It's precisely because we couldn't. He took our curse. He took our judgment. He took our wrath so that we might not only be forgiven, but that we might become the righteousness of God in the person of Jesus Christ. Romans 10 17 says, Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. You have heard the word of Christ today. How will you respond? But believers, I'm going to say this and I'm done. We must impart the words of life and trust the Holy Spirit to bring eternal life. We must impart the words of life and trust the Holy Spirit to bring eternal life. It is He who gives power for life. And He is He and He alone that gives power in life. 
He gives power for life. Romans 1.16 I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation for the Jew first and also for the Greek. We are not the power of God for salvation. You are not the power of God for salvation. The gospel is. And we impart it. We get to be a part of it. 1 Peter 1.23 says this, You have been born again, not of a perishable seed, but of an imperishable seed. How are you born again? That's what he told Nicodemus. Through the living and abiding Word of God. We, this is what we have. This is what we have to offer. We have the Word of God. I've said it a hundred times. We have the gospel in our life. And we must spend our lives giving both. So we get to the end of our life. We will have nothing left. Only to be glorified. To enjoy Him forever. He gives us power for life. He gives us power in life. Psalms 119, 105. The Word of God is a lamp unto my feet. And a light unto my path. James tells us this. If you truly hear God's word, then you will do God's word. So I got good news for you today. If your father never gave you words of approval that he should have, hear this today. In the person of Jesus Christ, you are loved, cherished, and precious. He could be no more proud of you than he is. And what He gives us is not only the Spirit of God to prove it, but He gives us His message and His mission. And here's the truth today. When you go to someone with the gospel, when you sit down to counsel, you did not cause the destruction of that person's soul. I did not create the addiction. I did not break the marriage. And I have no ability to fix it. No, you don't. And if you're counseling people and you think you're their answer, you are arrogant. We have nothing to bring into their life but the word of truth. It is the Spirit that gives them life. It is the Spirit and the truth that will fix their marriage, that will break that bonds of addiction. And it is Him that we must trust in and go to them by faith with one central thing, the word of truth. It brings life. Our mission, brothers and sisters is to impart truth and faith and trust the Holy Spirit to do what He can only do, bring life. Let me read this and I'm done. Isaiah chapter 55. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. I want you to hear the bread of life with His words of life in Isaiah 55. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come and take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me, and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. 
and in the person of Jesus Christ that offer is yours today and it is the message that we take to the world let's pray Lord what can we say for it is you that have given us the words of life You've given it to us, Lord. We have received it by faith, not because we were smarter than those who didn't, but because of your mercy we are saved. We are saved by your grace, God. And so now we long to come and to remember your grace. That's why the tables are set, Father, because you told us to settle. You told us to. So that we might come to the tables and remember saved by grace I am loved immeasurably I can do nothing to be loved more God you've proven that over and over through many ways but especially through the indwelling work of the Holy Spirit Lord even when you convict us even when you discipline us you are kissing us Oh God now, would you receive our worship? To no one else we will do this. To no one else we will bow our knee. Only to our Father in heaven. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And now, Lord, forgive us our sins. Forgive us, Lord, for where we've sinned against others allow us now God to come to the table to sing to your name to give to your work and to go with the gospel in the power of your Holy Spirit and in Jesus name